0: I lost it. What what do we do when family members think we have been brainwashed as a result of the Buddha's teaching? They think we've gone crazy. You want to start?
1: Well, I don't know what to say, but my mother (laughs) was at one point, uh, I gave her a book uh, because I I wanted to introduce her to Buddhism and... and, um, she found that's brainwashing and i said to her yeah, yeah. that's right yeah. <laughs> and, um afterwards it's purified yeah. and um so we we started to look at it uh, from from a different angle and and she was kind of in that <clears throat> in that um War generation when when um, people were afraid and then the the Russians came and <laughs> um, people were uh, yeah uh, f- sent into into uh, how do you say that
0: concentration camps yeah
1: and and, and brainwashed so that is really a, a big fear in in that
0: mm-hmm. uh, that's funny there's there's a sick joke that we have about. I don't even know if I should say it. But you know the word concentration camp? It mm. actually is, there's a play on words there. <laughs> <laughs> because there's this one place, and I'm not going to say where it was, but this place where the, the monk who designed it is obviously not a meditator, and it's the saddest piece of meditation construction that I've ever seen. It's not really a good joke, because it's, you know, the Holocaust was a serious thing, and it's something that people hold very seriously. But... um that's such a terrible joke. I shouldn't even tell it, but you kind of get where I'm going. And uh, so I don't know if I can tell it, but it was really funny. Because the you know the in in like, just a disclaimer that I don't I'm I'm not a sort of person who looks down on the Holocaust. One thing I would say is there have been many Holocausts in history, and it's kind of sad that only the one in Germany is remembered so so strongly, but. Germany. There, there were a lot of terrible things that went on based on this one man and and his crazy followers, whoever uh, who killed a lot of people in in horrific ways. Um, I don't know. I, I'm not going to go there. Let's just <laughs> let's just move. On.
1: Okay. So yeah. Then back to my mom. <laughs> the, the
0: question, of what's really important.
1: Um, Sorry. So. Uh, there, there is that really deep-sitting fear in, in people of that uh, generation uh, to be brainwashed and not to be able to think what they want. And um, I could convince her that it is sometimes really good not to think what you want. Mm-hmm. And that it is really beneficial to be brainwashed. And that is something that is not something that is obstructed f- on, upon you from outside, but is uh, that it is something that you decide that you want to do for yeah. yourself and for the benefit for you and for the others. Mm-hmm. So uh, it's it's a whole different uh, story than... What they fear actually, mm. and the result is is purify uh, purification of mind and is liberation. Mm. and um, when she understood that, uh, she she gave up the whole concept and she she lost her fear about uh, that. Her daughter could be brainwashed
0: hmm. and it's an interesting I would say that all brainwashing is in a sense a kind of a purification, and that's what makes it so dangerous because when the mind is pure pure in this sense it's not 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 in a Buddhist sense, but when the mind is focused and bright, you can put all sorts of crazy ideas in there when it's a clean slate right you mm-hmm. can write on it when the mind is all distracted it's very difficult for an authoritarian um, body to impose its rules that 's why you have uh, mottos and chanting you know, or you know, ceremonies and and you know you have these uh, marching this is why armies will do drills right and they get into this concentration in many different ways uh, it's how you teach people how to kill kill others you know? um, how you train murderers you have to Brainwash them, but the, the brainwashing itself is actually, I think, in many ways similar to meditation. It's just so. What I wanted to say in regards to that is that w- you shouldn't look at it in terms of, you know, w- what is brainwashing, you know, or or use this word brainwashing as to say it's bad. You should look at well, what is being taught here, because there is, in a sense, a sort of uh, indoctrination, uh, only in the sense, in in the very limited sense, that you're. You're taking on some doctrine, right? So rather than say you're being indoctrinated, we should look at what is the doctrine, what is it that's being taught, because there there was this criticism in the Buddhist time, all the all the people of some area were all becoming monks, and everyone started making an uproar. This Samana Gotama, he's taking away our children from us, and they went to the Buddha and told him. The Buddha said, "Well, just tell them that." They're ordaining according to the Dhamma, the Dharma, the truth, you know, the righteousness. Because in India, Dharma was an important thing, and so that's what they started doing. They said, "Well, we ordain people according to the. We ordain people. We teach people according to the Dhamma, the truth." And then they were like, "Oh, well, you know, what can you say about that? Oh, it said they say that Samana Gotama teaches them according to the Dhamma. So, okay, well, that's." That, I mean, that's really the point. It's it's what is being taught. It's not that something is being taught in a religious sort of way. I don't know if that's, um, well, at least my part isn't perhaps so useful. Where do we lose? But we have talked before about how to deal with family members, and one of the things I said was just being an example. Because, I mean, i give you an example. When I went back home and my parents started criticizing me and eventually, you know, using fairly strong words about my my state of mind, I would just close my eyes and go rising, falling, well, they were yelling at me, right? Which was not a good thing to do in retrospect, because that, that's that's how you show someone that you've been brainwashed, right? I hadn't. I mean, from my point of view, it was like, you know, Oh I don't want to deal with this. let's go back to my meditation rising, falling probably I should have done hearing, hearing, hearing. I didn't really have a good sense of what to do but um, you know you you have to be you have to be able to show them the the benefits of your practice and I think eventually um, Eventually, that's what win, what wins them over. That's sort of how my parents have come. At this point, they can't—at least can't deny the goodness of it. That I'm doing something good for myself and for other people. That I've actually um, developed myself and and gained something positive out of it. Until that comes, well, um, you have to understand a beginner meditator is often. I was reading this this article recently beginner meditators can be the most egotistical people that are, that exist <laughs> the most con, con, arrogant most conceited individuals in the world because like any other religious person they've they've got the truth right uh, and and the Buddhist teaching is a very powerful truth and when you see it and you say wow this is the truth you you become self-righteous it's very easy for a beginner meditator to become self-righteous that that is a huge turn-off, obviously, for all the people around you, because you maybe weren't that sort of person before. You can actually become a worse person from their point of view. The point being because you're still struggling with it yourself. Until you get to the point where it's comfortable for you and you're comfortable in it and able to express yourself and, and and, and really, actually experience the truth instead of just reading and and intellectualizing about it once you gain this experience for yourself you you become you know a living living proof that it's not brainwashing in the sense that they think it is in terms of being i mean brainwashing doesn't just mean washing your mind that's the what I said to, to everyone I'm, yeah brainwashing it's washing my brain, but the word brainwashing is used to mean. Uh, taking on a doctrine uh, without any purpose, without any reason, being uh, indoctrinated by something, as I understand it, although mm, it's not a word that I use often. Mm,
1: just maybe a hmm? short... When when the meditation is advancing and going good and... Um, you develop uh, the skills of of a meditator, then your your family won't think anymore that you're going crazy, I would say. Mm. Mm. They, yeah, I mean, they yeah. would they would like what you do, uh, even if they don't understand what it is.
0: For sure, people will often say that they think, they have to admit that you're a better person, and so on. The, the problem is, in, in the beginning, you're taking the first steps on a very long journey, and... That can be very. The other thing is that can be really disconcerting to you, so it can upset. I mean, for me, it totally changed my life around. Um, before meditating, I, you know, I've said this many times. I was into a lot of things. Nick can talk about this as well. We had some some shared experiences of how we were before. But uh, so so imagine having to do a total U-turn in your life. Basically, I gave up my. CD collection, I gave, I sold my Les Paul guitar, uh, I gave up everything, rock climbing, piano, guitar, everything that I, that, that I was into. Um, gave up drugs, gave up alcohol, gave up women, gave up uh, you know, everything that really made me who I was, On honestly, uh, most of it anyway, I had all of these external things that, that Everyone knew this was who, who I was, so that's disconcerting to yourself, and without goes without saying, it's disconcerting to other people. But but most important that you you are in a state of of uh, tension, you know? and until you get comfortable in it, and part of getting comfortable in it is actually changing your life, because the truth about the if if you become suppose you became an arahant, you would have no choice but to ordain immediately or pass away you 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 are so out of whack with with an ordinary life or, or a worldly life that that you you can't even survive there uh, so for all of us it's 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 that sort of experience on a much more limited scale when you begin to practice your life has to change you might no longer be living with this, the people that you lived with before your your friends might all disappear uh, your your family members you might even become distant from them because you're becoming a part of the universe you're becoming a child of the universe so it may seem kind of cheesy to say so but you're coming to realize the the truth in a much more universal way than this than just i am this human who was born 32 years ago and have these people as my friends and these people as my family and have this name and so on you you rise so far above that that your family is really all beings. All, all beings become your family. You, you, um, you open up to the whole spectrum of experience. And so some people find that they're, they're whisked away to the other side of the world and suddenly their family is people they've never met before. And the people they come in contact with, it's just bizarre. When I was in Thailand I would come i suddenly I was in contact with people from all over the world I met people I've met people from countries that I never even knew existed I met a man I taught a man from Nigeria uh, I taught a man from uh, Suriname um, you know, people from all the countries in Europe and I didn't know much about Europe at all and then learning cultures and languages and and, and everything so uh this change has to go on in the very beginning of your meditation. It's something that will be a part of your med- It might not be so extreme, especially if you're practicing on a day-to-day basis, but there is going to be a conflict there. And living in the world, I think it goes without saying that you have to live with some conflict, that your life in the secular, in a worldly sense, and your life in the Dhamma are not going to always jive And that relates, I think, to your relationship with your family, which in the beginning may be quite strained until they become I mean, the other thing is, whether you're getting something good out of it or not, you're not who they expect you to be. And this is the Buddha's teaching on suffering. Suffering comes from change. We cling to a person, they are like this. This is my son, my daughter, my husband, my wife. And then when they change it's like our whole, our, the foundation was, was pulled, the rug was pulled out from underneath us. It's like this with anything. You cling to something and then you think it's stable. You think this person is going to always be there. And then when they pass away, when they leave, when they change, when they act in a way that you didn't expect, that wasn't according to what you thought they were, then you suffer. So for for me, it was part of it was just that, that it was things that I couldn't, Satisfy. I couldn't go back to playing, I could, but I decided not to go back to playing guitar. I decided not to go back to um, you know, joking and, and doing theater. I was in theater as well. and These were all things that my family loved about me. Right? You were so much fun before, now you're a zombie. Right? Uh, and things like this that I just couldn't be there for them in the way that I was before. I couldn't be the person that they thought I was, that that I used to be it wasn't my life path anymore and so that takes time on their for, for them to realize that's not the most important per- thing in the world and it's not really a measure of of uh, of of a person's goodness or sanity or or so on and you know you have to understand also that they are not there yet they they, they don't have these ex- these realizations that you've theoretically gained in the meditation, and so they can't appreciate it. They can't see the world in a universal sense. For them, it's still, you're my son. I'm your father. I'm your mother. But uh, through the meditation, that changes for you, and you come to see, you come to feel that way about everyone, really, that, you know, you you have love for everyone. You you wish all beings to be good, to to be well, um, but have no clinging to any partiality towards towards anyone. Any more? Nick,
2: I think the biggest thing is just that um, you're changing, because you have to think for everybody. It's all and how you how you relate to other people like you were saying it's oh you're a fun person you play guitar we could do this and all these things it's like um there are things about you that are being taken away from them so it's no longer oh I'll, i could call him up and we could talk about this because you won't be interested in that and all these different things so it's like you're your change is taking something away from them that they weren't expecting but that you're open to, but like you're saying, they they aren't open to you. That's the problem. I think that you just have to kind of be okay with that and just go with it.
0: I mean, another part of that is you have to understand where we're coming from. Are you with these people because um because you share a, a spiritual... Be, be, you, you're, you're not with these people because you share a spiritual goal. The reason why you're friends with all of these people is because you're all into drugs, or you're all into music, or you're all into to, um, you know, whatever. Uh, the reason with your family is, is even more arbitrary. According to Buddhism, it's it's karmic, and there's, there's a relation there. But it certainly doesn't have anything to do with what you're now into. So if you've gotten into... It, it's like if you get into sports, you start to hang out with sports people. And if you get into academics, you start hanging out with the, the academic people. And if you suddenly change, then your friends obviously change. This this is what I think is, is an important realization uh, and it's it 's an important decision that that one has to come to that uh, the reasons for us being around and being close to these certain people are perhaps not the best reasons for being close to people so yeah you you may lose all of your friends, but that shouldn 't be surprising because your friends you weren 't friends with them because they were spiritual people you 're friends with them because you know, you led each other down the path to destruction, path to self-destruction. For example, or you weren't family members with these people because you shared a spiritual path. It may be that some of your family members may never be interested in what you do. You can't bring them with you because your relationship, your similarity may have nothing to do with spirituality. The reason why you were born into a certain family may have nothing to do with your interest in, in spirituality. It may be totally unrelated. So you have to be open to that and, and decide what's important for you. I think for most people, family is very important, and that attachment is uh, near impossible to do away with. But when you practice intensively and, and, and in a protracted, protracted uh, manner, if you, if you practice a over the long term, and eventually, you 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 come to this realization that your true family are the people who practice the Buddhist teaching, who, who who practice to understand reality for what it is. Who practice develop goodness inside of themselves, who practice to help the world and to 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 make the world a better place. Those people who do good um, are are your closest relatives and the ones that you consider to be. Yourself to be close to. You associate yourself with. I'll finish that one off.